With now all of 12 days to learn the offense, what can we expect from Joshua Dobbs? Or at least what more can we expect from him? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You like it? Three, one, two, three. You, like it? you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Luke Braun. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day each and every day. Shout out to my hashtag everydayers, those of you who have been around. If you're new, welcome. I love you. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, any of the audio listening platforms. You can also check me out on YouTube. You can also find the show on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. You can even uh, check this show out sometimes on the Locked On Minnesota Sports 24-7 live channel, which if you are a YouTube viewer and you show up exactly at 8 a.m. Central, which is when these shows premiere, it will take you directly to that live stream. So why don't you just leave that puppy on and it'll have locked on Timberwolves, locked on Twins, Wild, locked on Minnesota sports and more general shows, Minnesota football party, all of that good stuff. Today's episode of Locked on Vikings is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Let's get into this. I have two major questions I would like to answer here about the Vikings and Saints, who will be matching up on Sunday, and they are both relative to the quarterback position. So, first question is, what more can we expect from Joshua Dobbs? Second question is, should we blitz Derek Carr? That second question is a bit of a debatable one, so we'll go over all the factors there. But with Dobbs, I want to put things in perspective a little bit. Joshua Dobbs is not just going to like we we can't necessarily expect him to just like know the whole playbook now that he's had a whole week going out midweek was insane going out after 12 days is like only a little less insane for perspective Josh Freeman and that Monday night football debacle 15 days after signing with the Minnesota Vikings 15 days is all he had now I'm going to venture a guess that Joshua Dobbs is a better quarterback than Josh Freeman, and that is driving a lot more of the difference than just like the amount of experience that they have with the playbook. But this is still not somebody who went through camp with the Vikings, and it's not somebody who has been through all the other game plans with the Vikings. There's something that Kirk Cousins talked about in clinics and stuff, mostly in the offseason, um, about how game plans kind of stack on each other. Because you have your stuff that you install in camp, and it's a lot of the staples. You'll you know, you'll run the concepts that you'll run over and over and over and over again. And the things that you're going to kind of pull out in every game. Like, that's the stuff you do in camp. And then when you actually get to that first week of practice, week one, we're playing the Buccaneers. What do we do for that? That's when you practice the game plan stuff. And you will install things in that week, sometimes, that you have not run all camp. Uh... Because it's not a staple. It's only here for this one week, so let's just do it now. Um, But then you get to week five, and this has gone wrong, and that's gone wrong, and you go, hey, you know, remember that thing we prepped for for, for the uh, Bucks game? That might come in handy here. And you say, yeah, we ran that, like, you know, just four weeks ago. 
Um, maybe you you quick walk through it on Friday, but that's maybe all you do. And you say, hey, let's run that play. Um, maybe it even becomes a staple over the course of the year as, oh, man, we got like two touchdowns on that thing. Let's let's keep that rolling, you know, when we get in the red zone and it's the right coverage. Um, that is the stuff that Joshua Dobbs has missed out on. And so that contracts things in a way that's going to be really hard to see, but nonetheless will exist. So I don't want to hear about like vanilla play calling. If that's what, ha- like, they might have to call it kind of vanilla uh, and not throw in some of the interesting subversions. Or maybe they can. Who knows? Maybe Joshua Dobbs is just that adaptable and he doesn't have to know what the setup was. He just has to know that, hey, this time we're, you know, doing an RPO off of that. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. As for the other side of things with Derek Carr. Derek Carr historically has been a quarterback you don't necessarily blitz. He's been a very um, conservative quarterback over his his years, uh, and and that's why he's gotten the game manager label, and that's why he's gotten the label as a guy that's like kind of a boring one. You never, you know, I I call him Guy Liner Kirk, uh, and he's sort of landed in that same tier of like everybody just kind of thinks he's mid. Um, he's been decent at worst for the saints. And I, I was thinking about, I wanted to do a deeper dive into what Ross told me yesterday. If you want a more holistic, uh, experience of previewing Vikings saints, go listen to crossover Thursday, which was yesterday's episode, uh, with me and Ross Jackson. We went over all the big hits of, you know, is Jefferson going to play? Probably not is the answer to that. Um, I should mention in the injury report, Dean Lowry, who missed last week's game, just got upgraded from a DMP to a limited for Thursday's injury report. And same with KJ Osborne, which is pretty surprising considering the severity of the concussion that, that it, I mean, that was a nasty hit, right? Um, so, you know, maybe an off chance that we get one or both of those guys. Everything else staying kind of the same. Harrison Smith did not practice. It was a rest day, so don't panic. Uh, I should mention the injury report stuff. But back to Derek Carr. Um, he mentioned that like when he blitzes, when he gets blitzed, that his ADOT goes up, that he heaves up longer things, and all of the efficiency goes absolutely to hell. Uh, and in more, like, you would expect there to be, like, lower completion percentage, right? Um, because you're throwing deeper, like, it's harder. But even after adjusting for that, it is worse. And when you look at the actual pressure statistics, when not blitzed, when it's just four-man rushes, Teams get pressure on the Saints about 32% of the time, which is pretty bad. This is not great. It's not horrible, but it's not great. Um, when blitzed, they get pressure about 40% of the time, which at that point, 40% pressure, it gets hard to do an offense. So I'm good to send the house all day long. And I say, if you're just going to heave up some go balls to that, we're ride <laughs> like let's go then throw up a couple of contested catches to Chris Olave we'll see what a Caleb Evans can do about it and if you get a couple if you get a DPI on him or if you get you know if you, if you do manage to catch one on him so be it I don't think you can make the whole plane out of that and uh the his pressure to sack percentage essentially his ability to take pressure and 
prevent it from becoming a sack either by, you know, getting the ball thrown away or escaping or whatever goes down. The other thing is when he's under pressure, his time to throw goes up. So as much as my brain knows Derek Carr as somebody who uh like is just like a get the the ball to your check down kind of guy when things go awry. Uh, you know, the all the classic cliches you'll hear about Kirk, you know, the point guard thing that he talks about all the time, the game manager stuff. That's, that's like how I always thought about Derek Carr. Somebody who, like, he did have the downfield accuracy. He could do some explosive stuff sometimes. But when the going got tough, he would be the guy that throws the ball away on fourth down, you know? Um which I, th- I have multiple memories of him doing that in like crucial situations, even at the end of the games. It'd be like instead of the fourth and eight where Cousins got it to Hawkinson at the end of the playoff game, what if he threw it out of bounds? <laughs> All right, like how mad would you be? That's what I think of when I think of Derek Carr, but this feels like a new Derek Carr, like a, a let's run around and try to find something kind of Derek Carr, which is a very strange moment in his career to do that. But hey, I guess new team, new vibes. Um I, if a guy's trying to rediscover himself, I like putting him under a lot of pressure. Uh, the, you know, back it off into a coverage thing, just based on experience, feels like it's not as good of an idea. So I wouldn't be shocked to see this be a game where the Vikings just go at him all day long, just 70% blitz, right? Uh, maybe even a just constant. Uh, and we'll see if they can get there. That Saints offensive line has been fairly suspect. And on the other side, they don't blitz quite a lot. They go f- rush for a lot, like like Ross said, which I think bodes well for the Vikings. I think the Vikings match up well with the Saints. I don't know if they're as good of a team as the Saints are. The Saints are pretty good. I mean, they're they're I think they're going to win that division. Um but I think the way the Vikings match up with them feels like it plays to our strengths. And it feels like it plays away from the weaknesses we have of we're sort of like cobbling together an offense with this improv quarterback. (laughs) And I don't mean improv like he improvises a lot, like improv like we are improvising because this dude wasn't on the team two weeks ago (laughs) and we're on QB4. Um, For those interested, the quarterback depth chart looks like it's going to be Mannion as the primary backup and also Tanner Morgan is in, but Tanner Morgan which don't freak out Gophers fans. Uh, Sounds like he's just in to do practice because they need a scout team guy uh, to just be the guy that throws around the practice reps and helps the defense get ready. So that sounds like what he's here for. I don't even think he's going to be active. So don't freak out about that. And then hopefully Jaron Hall comes off of concussion protocol in time for the Sunday night game against Denver. It is the Friday before a game. And that means we've got a couple of very, very important things to go over. Our prize picks, prized picks, and your bold predictions. Going to be a fun one. Today's episode of Locked On Vikings and your prize picks, prized picks are brought to you by prize picks. <laughs> you might have guessed. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. And as you will see, it is not exactly daily fantasy the way that you may be familiar with it. We're not going to put together a big lineup with a kicker and a defense and all that and enter a pool with 600,000 people. No, no, no. It's We're picking two to six of our favorite plays and jamming them all together. It's just you versus the house. All you have to do is pick whether you think they'll do better or worse than their prize picks projection, be that in fantasy points, combos, or your sort of regular yards, touchdowns, classic stats like that. Go to prizepicks.com or just download the app. 
prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Download the app. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy made easy. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical and in particular their Jace case. As Vikings fans, I think we've learned to expect the unexpected. Things get a little weird sometimes in ways that you cannot possibly plan for. And that's where the Jace case comes in. The Jace case has five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. It's essentially a big bolster to your first aid kit. And uh, it is absolutely a necessity, especially in the day and age we live in, where sometimes it can be tough to get the right prescription filled. There's supply chain issues going on, or it could be just genuinely difficult to get to a pharmacy or to a doctor, depending on where you live. So if this thing is right for you, make sure you check it out. You should be empowered to care for yourself and your loved ones, no matter the circumstances and no matter what comes up. Expect the unexpected and be prepared. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So go to jacemedical.com and see if it is offered for you. Go use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off of your purchase. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off at jacemedical.com. It is time for the prize picks, prized picks, brought to you, of course, by prize picks. Um, Let's dive right in. So we've been doing this every week. I'm on like a heater with these, by the way, because I keep playing the flex play, which is something you can do with prize picks, uh, where you, you can you lower the amount you get if you get all four of these right. I've been doing four every week, uh, but you can still essentially get a little bit of a profit if you only get three and I've hit three a lot which hasn't you know been the most lucrative thing in the world but still feels like a dub to me um unfortunately prize picks is pretty sparse on the Vikings Saints game hard to blame them (laughs) so I did go outside of the Vikings Saints game I guess we'll start with that one I'm just shorting Tommy DeVito This dude has played like one of the worst quarterbacks in uh, recent memory. So uh, less than 157 and a half pass yards just kind of feels like I can slam that and be okay. He got 175 against Vegas and now he's going against Dallas. I don't know. Feels like they're just going to kind of stymie him. But moving on to the Vikings game, one thing that prize picks has a whole bunch of for the Vikings is defensive stuff. I decided I was going to go with Daniel Hunter. I was really torn on whether or not to to go with the more than or less than on Daniil Hunter, which is uh, 0.75 sacks. So he can't just get a, a half a sack and call it a day. He has to either get two of those or a full sack. Uh, and will he, the sack leader get a sack against Derek Carr? And I think the thing that kicked it for me was when I saw that when under pressure, his dot goes up. Uh, and when blitzed, his ability to prevent pressure from turning into sacks gets worse. So, which, I mean, it probably gets worse for everybody, but, I mean, how much the Vikings blitz, right? Um, Daniil Hunter is, I think, the sack leader for a reason, and being that blitz-heavy offense has helped to funnel guys toward him and and get him that production. But also, I mean, if Derek Carr is going to be the kind of guy that responds to a blitz by trying to buy time and find the deep hole in the zone... I'm sorry, this uh, hyena crazy alien guy is going to chase you down. You are not <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, you know? Uh, you are not, you're, you're not Brock Purdy either. Like, those guys are are elusive. Um, 
So I feel pretty good about a more than there. I mean, it's always tough because a, a sack is a fleeting thing, right? You can have the game of your life and not have any sacks. In fact, you could argue Daniel Hunter just did have one of the best games of his career, but didn't get any sacks in it. He was productive in other ways. And when it was time to actually get the pressure, it was cleaned up by other people. Uh, or it was, you know, a different blitzer that got home or whatever. At any rate, I'm being a homer and slamming the more than button. Speaking of more than buttons, I'm slamming because I'm a homer. Alexander Madison and TJ Hawkinson combining for over half a rushing touchdown. That's a more than less than. So essentially, you're just saying, will Madison or Hawkinson score a touchdown in this game? Yes or no? Uh, I'm going to go with yes. It feels like of all of the Vikings that could score. I mean, a, a Joshua Dobbs rushing touchdown kind of feels like the most likely thing. It just feels like once you get in the red zone, he's just going to scramble every time. Um, and Because that's just what he did last time, right? Like, that's how he scored. But... He, he also did throw one to Madison. He did throw one to Brandon Powell, and he could have thrown a couple to TJ Hawkinson. So the opportunities are absolutely there, and those feel like the two guys that are going to get the most run in the red zone, right? Uh, this, you know, Madison rushing touchdowns also count here. We will maybe finally get one of those. Um, and then finally, I'm putting in Alvin Kamara less than 90 and a half rushing and receiving yards. This one actually feels kind of dicey, um, but I wanted to talk about it because Alvin Kamara, as the outlet, has been a major focal point of the Saints offense, kind of for better or worse. He's had a couple games where he has caught like 12 and 13 passes. Um, so there is a world where, and those those were against Jacksonville and Tampa Bay, both of whom run similar defensive structures to the Vikings where there's a lot of lining everybody out. There's a lot of, you know, who is coming and who isn't that same kind of like blitz structure. So, uh, it feels like it could be a, a high touch Alvin Kamara game. But that said, like if this were a receptions thing, I actually would slam it way more than this, this rushing and receiving yards one that I had. Is there a receptions one for Alvin Kamara? Yeah, I'm actually going to make a change on the fly here. They don't have a receptions one, at least not as I'm recording this, but they do have a rushing yards one, which is 51 and a half. I'm a little bit worried that Alvin Kamara is going to get like 15 touches in this or 15 catches in this one, plus a bunch of carries and that that would like definitely ruin any of these like combination boxes. But if I just do the classic 51 and a half rush yards and go with a less than there, the Vikings run defense has been pretty good. I don't think that the Saints rush offense has been as successful as the Saints would want it to be. Um, they do a lot of gap scheme stuff, and I think we can handle that pretty well. So I, I think the yeah, we'll, we'll go with less than 51 and a half for Alvin Kamara. So this is a pretty bullish thing. Here's I don't know who's going to win this game at all. I don't take this as trash talk for me by any stretch of the imagination, but uh I do think in those particular ways, that might be the way that this one uh, circles around. But these are too serious of predictions. These aren't wacky, zany, or silly enough. That is what you are for, because you all gave me some fantastic, bold predictions, and I cannot wait to bring them to you. This episode of Lockdown Vikings is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is therapy made easy. 
And therapy can be a scary thing to get into because it's still way too like stigmatized, especially for men. But you got to think of it less as a doctor that you go to when you're sick and more of uh, a gym that you go to for maintenance. At least that's what it's been for me. But for me, getting into therapy was kind of hard because, uh, you, you know, the first person I called was not a fit at all. And I, I actually couldn't stand the conversation that we had. And so I kind of was encouraged to keep looking and keep finding someone. And eventually I did stumble in, into somebody I've now had a relationship with for uh, going on three years. Um, that's what therapy can be, but you have to go through that process. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp can help you get hooked up with uh, one of their many licensed therapists. And it's all entirely online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a quick questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge and I highly recommend that you think about doing that until you have found somebody that you like. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. It is so time to get bold. Let's get bold, everybody. It is time for the Bold Predictions. If you are new to the Bold Predictions segment, uh, welcome in. It's going to get weird. This is where I have taken your craziest, wackiest predictions that you can come up with. You guys have, are still giving me hundreds of responses a day or a, a week, which is phenomenal. I love you all very much. Thank you. Uh, and uh, we'll see if you can hit any of them. If you do hit it, any of them, I get punished. Uh, but I get to choose which ones I read. So hopefully we won't have that. And we're not supposed to be right here. We're supposed to be bold. So let's go check in on the ones from last week. Uh, last week, Cody said that Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson would trot onto the field and everything would be fine. We were a little sad, I think, last week before this Joshua Dobbs thing. Uh, Casey the Coolest said that the second half would be opened up with back-to-back -back kickoff returns by Patterson and Wong Wu. Um, that did not happen. Get Quacken said that Jaron Hall and Bijan Robinson would have the exact same stat line, substituting passing yards for rushing yards. Uh, it wasn't far off because Jaron Hall went out. He had 77, I think, rushing or passing yards, and Bijan Robinson ended up with something in the 60s. So spiritually, you got way closer than you had any right to get to this. Pretty fantastic stuff. Uh, Dom Tuff said uh, that Hall would throw a bunch of picks and get benched. I, I said we were going to work together, and I, I sort of amended that one into both quarterbacks get benched, which got closer. So I'm glad we worked together on that, but obviously we didn't get there. Uh, obviously, Heineke didn't get benched, so moot point anyways, although I would say if it came down to it, this would not have counted. I was pretty clear that uh, it had to be a benching, not like an injury. or anything. It had to be like a bona fide, you are sucking and you got yanked. Um, Craig Williams said that Jaron Hall would break Mark Bulger's rookie record and get 455 yards passing. What do you have? Two drives and he got 77 yards. So if you think about a 12 drive game, which is, which is classic, then maybe you could argue that he was on pace for that. And I think you should, uh, <laughs> I really bent over backwards for that one. Sam said that both defenses would outscore the, their team's offense, we didn't know we didn't. We almost had a defensive touchdown, uh, so not quite. And then Ty Soup said that Addison would throw the only passing touchdown in the game. Uh, we had one passing touchdown and it was Joshua Dobbs to Alexander Madison. So this would have been a great one for like only running backs catch passing touchdowns or whatever. 
Uh, let's move on to ones from this week. I've got some that I absolutely adore here. Uh, Jack Broughton says that the most field goals by one kicker in one game is eight. Blake Group kicks groupie kicks nine, which includes his career long. Of course, you need to have a career long. Any kicker prop against the Vikings need to include, needs to include the career long, which you've all been very good about. Uh, so congratulations. Yeah. So he has nine field goals and his career long. Um, funny story about that. That was, oh uh, gosh, what was his name? Rob something, Rob with a B. Uh, and I actually had him in fantasy that day. It was like 2007. I was, I was a teenager and I remember being really, really excited because I was going up against my uncle who was, who had the best team in the league and he beat me, ended up still beating me by one point. And we both had like 25 more points than anybody else. And I was super, super mad. I'm sure that one really was riveting. Nine kicks plus a career long. Uh, Yannick Eckhart says that Alvin Kamara or Alexander Madison does the Kamara and scores six rushing TDs. There's so much like weird history, little like inflection points with Viking Saints history. The Saints posted this like cut up of all their like great moments against the Vikings or this like little photo edit, which I thought was kind of cute, but in it had like pictures from like the Minneapolis miracle game. And then like the playoff game in the Superdome a couple years later with like Kyle Rudolph in the end zone. And it was like other moments from that game. It was like a different touchdown that they scored, but it's like, I don't know if you want to remind people of that one. I would, I would stay away from, I would just probably just go with the six touchdown thing you guys did on Christmas. Uh, anyways, Alexander Madison, six touchdowns, uh, sounds fantastic. He can catch up and actually be on a decent pace for rushing touchdowns for the season. <laughs> Shadow Flame says that in a Minneapolis miracle-esque fashion, the Vikings win on a game-winning touchdown with 10 seconds or less to go. I almost didn't include this one because it almost doesn't feel bold enough. Like, it doesn't feel that crazy, right? Like, oh, you know, a last-second touchdown isn't, like, the craziest thing, but 10 seconds or less, um... You know what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to say it has to be a long touchdown. I can't do this red zone. You know, they had four seconds left, but really they had a three minute drill and they spent a lot of clock like on purpose. So the Saints wouldn't get the ball back. None of that. If you really want it to be Minneapolis miracle esque fashion, I will say that the touchdown has to be. I think you have to be on the wrong side of midfield for it to truly be Minneapolis miracle esque fashion. Uh, The the. 10 second mark at the 10 second mark you are past mid or you are on the wrong side of midfield that's the stipulation i'm going to add here wkc asks that josh dobbs will be responsible for at least four turnovers but the vikings still win the game so i usually don't care about it when people want to like part a lot of people say you know blah 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 happens and the vikings win 27 10 i usually don't care about that but i do think that it is important for the boldness of this prediction for Joshua Dobbs, if he is going to turn it over four times, which feels entirely plausible for the Vikings to win the game anyways. I think that's definitely important to the vibe you're going for here. Uh, Eric the Red says, exhale slowly, triple doink. <laughs> I can't, has there ever been a triple doink? I don't know if there ever has been. Please send me the highlights of the triple doink. I would like to know about it. Somebody else said double doink and got one up, so I'm sorry to you. Um... And then red and purple, this is my favorite one I've got in a while. I really like this one, red and purple. Uh, it says that the Vikings will score will score four touchdowns. The first letter of the last names will spell ha-ha in the correct order. Um, so I will say that this applies only to their first four t- touchdowns. Actually, no. You know what? If they get this sequence at all in any at any point, then that's like if they score six touchdowns, but, you know, four of them, like, align this way, I'll give it to you. Uh 
the first letter of the last names will spell haha. So like the first touchdown would have to be Hawkinson. And then the second one would be Addison. The, f- the third one would be ham. And the fourth one would be Addison. So you have Hawkinson and ham interchangeably there. You only have Addison for the other, uh, the other one. So it has to be this very specific thing. I absolutely love whatever poison brought your brain there. I, I need you to really lean into that because that's a, that's a good look on you. Red and purple. I love it. Um, let's, go ahead and watch the Saints game on Sunday together and not together at all. I don't know why I said that. I'll see you guys afterwards, though, for the postcast uh, with Sam Ekstrom and Ron Johnson and Luke Inman. Actually, I think it'll just be Sam and Ron. I think Luke's out of town. But uh, we will get together, talk about whatever happens in the Saints game. We'll cry about it, laugh about it, yell about it, whatever we want to do. Um, and then we'll be back on Monday for a normal week of all kinds of great stuff. Hey, real quick, uh, two other things to talk about. One, check out NFL kickoff live at the end of the show. Uh, and two or on, on Friday, sorry, on, on Fridays today at like, I think 12 central is when it goes live. It's a cool live show. Go check it out. Join the chat. Uh, and two, check out patreon.com slash NFL, where I have a very, very deep dive on the craziness of the Josh Dobbs game a love letter to Daniil Hunter and the unsung work that he has done so spectacularly. And even in a game where he's not doing the gaudy highlights, he's still exploding the game. And three, this will be up hopefully at some point on Friday, a sort of mini pass protection clinic thing. Um, I, I'm called like a fan clinic. It's not the kind of clinic that, that a coach can learn anything from. <laughs> it's, it's way too basic for that, but it's uh, can help you learn like jet protection, scat protection, uh, who, how they figure out the rules of who blocks who and uh, hopefully level you up a little bit if it's stuff that you don't know already. So um, I'm very excited about that one, actually. I, 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 I think it turned out cool. And I would love for you to... It's also free, so you don't even have to join me on Patreon to watch that last one. Uh, I would love it if you did, though. But watch it. Let me know if it's the kind of thing that you're uh, into. I will see you all next week. And as always, skull.